When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Welcome into Running It Straight for another Wednesday, 12th of October, and the NRL season is all done and dusted. So uh, today, in the next four or five weeks, Kempi, it's all about the Rugby League World Cup. Mate, I know you love your International Rugby League, so you must just be fizzing, fizzing for this weekend. Oh, look, Sammy, I'm, I'm so excited watching uh, the Kiwis run around and absolutely demolish Leeds. Last week up in uh, up in Headingley was, you know, something really exciting to watch because eight of those players, first-team choice players for the Kiwis weren't even playing and they got 70 put past them to the Leeds Rhinos. And this week, the kickoff up against Lebanon... And, and all the other teams that are playing too, mate, it's going to be a great tournament. Absolutely oh, great tournament. Going to be fantastic. The 18th staging of the Rugby League, uh, sorry, the 16th staging of the Rugby League World Cup, of course, Aussie are the defending champs. The Kiwis haven't won since 2008. We're going to talk about the Kiwis and uh, the squad and their chances very, very shortly. We're also going to catch up uh, this hour with Brandon Smith. Um, a bit of a fan favourite across the NRL and in New Zealand. Um, of course, played hooker for the Storm, going to the Roosters next year. And he's going to jump on the line, um, have a chat to Kempe about uh, the upcoming campaign and uh, what he's expecting and how proud he is to be putting on the Kiwis jersey. We're then going to go through uh, each of the pools um, just after 3.30 and talk through each team's chances and what we might see in the quarterfinals and the semi-finals. It's going to be a very, very fascinating uh, contest, how it all plays out with the draw. But uh, I thought maybe just for this first little um, section, Kempi, we could talk about, I guess just look at the Kiwis. First and foremost, um, International Rugby League. Uh, I think you know, for a lot of league fans, we get excited when a World Cup rolls around. Um, it's probably the same in most sports, to be honest. Everyone sort of seems to jump on board for a World Cup. But International Rugby League, just from someone who's been a part of the game for, for many, many years, how, I guess, important is it, and for Kiwi players, you know, how important is, you know, putting on a Kiwis jersey? Because they're all playing for, you know, Australian domestic teams in the NRL. How important is it that they all come together and, and play for the Kiwis? Well, for a World Cup, Sammy, it's the ultimate. You know, like playing in any Kiwi team and making a, a test side, playing in a test series, is very good. But to play in a World Cup is absolutely you know, it's something that you wanted to tick off your bucket list. So I had a chance in 88, um, was was basically in the team. We got injured in the final trial here at Carlow Park and missed that game at Carlow, uh, at Eden Park, if you remember, when the Kangaroos won that yep. one. And then uh, got to go in 95 and play in that World Cup where we got knocked down the semi when Richie sh- shaved the, the side of the goalpost in that semi-final against Australia um, where Aussie went on to beat England in the final. So... Yeah, it's really important that you get these guys together. The most exciting part about this Kiwi team is probably the best side that I've seen put together uh, for, for a couple of decades. Mm. I think the balance across the across the board is absolutely outstanding. But but more importantly, when we're looking at the spine, we've got match winners in each one of those positions, which we've never really had before. So um, depth-wise, I think the Kiwis are in a very good uh, spot to go out there and, and really pick a, make a push for this World Cup. 
If we look back to 2008, obviously the one that the Kiwis won, beat Australia in the final at Lang Park in Brisbane. I guess what what did you see back then in 2008? What clicked for them in that campaign? And I, I'm obviously no one around was really around then that is around now. But what can they take from that as almost a, a lesson for how to win a World Cup, how to beat Australia too, who are probably going to be the favourites? Look, I got to see it really up close and personal. I was uh, not only a selector, but I was also the high performance director for the New Zealand Rugby League. So had a lot to do with the 2008 World Cup. And I remember going to the, the first game in, against Australia in Sydney, which they lost, and they lost quite convincingly. Mm. And it looked like Australia basically had the wood on everyone. They would they were saying at the time that this was the best Australian side that they'd ever put together in 2008. And and arguably, you look at that side and you'd think, yeah, it's it's pretty good, you know. But one thing about the Kiwis going into a tournament is you know that the Kiwis get better as the tournament goes on. So the longer the, the, they stay in the tournament, the better they, they get at uh, putting those combinations together and, and starting to believe in themselves. And at what we saw at the 2008 final was the Kiwis coming, I guess, at, into, into form at the right time and getting the job done against that, that great Australian kangaroo side. Um, this side I can see doing the same thing. I think combinations, I think Ford, the Ford pack, the middle of the the middle of the park is probably where the the World Cup will be won this uh, this time round, and we've got a very very good middle. You know, you you've named Jesse Bromwich as captain, but I can't see him making the starting. No, side. that's yeah, that's going to be a big talking point actually. Yeah. So you've got you know, we, we what do you do with them? You, you put Fisher Harris and and Leod in that that got the the job done against arguably two of the better prop props in in Gerard and and Paulo. Um, in the grand final, and or do you start with Bromwich and, and Jared Warrior Hargrave? So, I think the the um, the middle of the park is very strong for the Kiwis, and of course, if we get that part of it right, then the spine starts to come into its own with Jerome Hughes, Dylan Brown, the kicking game, and so on and so on. So, um, balance wise across this Kiwi squad, I think it's a very very good Kiwi squad. That's it's an interesting point. Talk to you about um, experience and leadership because. You know, it's not like rugby here where this team plays constantly all the time as they build in a four-year cycle to a World Cup. I mean, this particular team has really only played one game, and that was against Tonga mid-year. So when you look at that, how important would it be if you manage Maguire to keep guys like Jesse Bromwich on the field who's who's got experience, who's been to a World Cup, who knows how to do it, versus just having the best props on the field? Yeah, well, look, it's a part of the conversation. I think... It's not just having the best props on the on the field. Over 26 rounds in NRL competition, Fisher, Harris, and Leota were very, very good. Um, and you know what they can do in big games, you know. So grand finals, I've been there twice and got the job done. So you, you'd think that you'd start with those two because they know how to lay a plat- platform, they know how to play and enter big games, and you'd probably carry the likes of Jesse Bromwich and and maybe Nelson Osefa Solomona off the bench. You know what I mean to to play as some impact players and to carry through that 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 continuity uh, that that continuum of of player form through that middle of the pitch. So um, look, it's a headache. It's a headache who you pick and who you start with. But well, it's a it's a rare one for the kid. You know what I mean? It's it's a, we haven't had this in a in a long time. No, but you've got to go to current form. You know he's he won't be playing them. He's got three games to go in before it's a, it's the quarterfinals. I'd say that he'd want to. The, the biggest question is whether or not you put the best team out there straight away and mm. get them some some game time. Because you're right, they've only played the one international. That's the only problem with rugby league is we don't have enough games to to see how the combinations go. But in the round robin of the World Cup, you've got three games where you can actually get some of that cohesion going. If it was me, I would select the best team right from day one. 
what what's the difference between um, NRL to, to International Rugby League in terms of how the game changes? Well, there's, Are there big changes? Yeah, there's a little bit more give and take. You know, you, there's a couple of things that you have to take into account. First of all, you go up to England, they're enclosed grounds, they're a lot closer, the, sh- the, the, the dead ball lines are a lot shorter, so your kicking game has to be spot on. Um, the weather's going to be different, so that, that'll play a, a, a part in... In, uh, in how the form goes. You know, you've got firm track players, you've got wet track players. The English will be obviously used to it up there. But the other part of the selection um, dilemma that Madge will come up against is when he's playing against these lesser teams before he gets to the, the quarters and the semis is whether or not he's going to get hard enough hit out, you know, before he hits the real tough one. Um, by the looks of the draw, we're going to have a pretty tough semi-final if we get that far. So you'd want to be making sure that when you hit that semi that you've got your first team playing as to its best of its ability right then. You can't sort of time your run to the to the final because you might just not make it. Mm. Do, do, do you expect any surprises from Madge in terms of positional changes? I know you've always talked about Joey Manu you know, playing in the halves. Madge was pretty clear a couple of weeks ago about playing him at fullback. Do you expect any sort of surprises or do you think he'll play it pretty safe? No, look, I think without... Um, looking at the squad that he's picked, he's he's picked Joey Manu to play fullback and to play fullback throughout the whole tournament. You've got Peter Hickey that can cover him there. Um, and the, the, the real contentious one here is who does he put in the left centre position? So he's put um, Sebastian Chris up there out of Canberra. He scored three tries in that game against the lead Rhinos. You've got Nakori that played there against Tonga and has covered that for Parramatta during the season. Everywhere else, I think you can put players in there that are going to get the job done. But for me, left centre is the problem area. You know, when you're coming up against Australia, for instance, man, their centre pairing is going to be strong. Yeah. You know, their back line is, is second to none. Mm. But... You know, to have a really good backline without a decent forward pack, and this is where Mel's struggling with, if he can't get the job done in the middle of the park, it doesn't matter what backline you got out there. Mm. So if we can get that left centre locked down through the first three rounds and going, yes, it is Sebastian Chris, or yes, I'm going to go with Nakore to get it, um, Nakore to get out there and do the do the job for us, you've got to have that settled before you reach Aussie in the semis. Yeah, and uh, we're going to talk about all the teams just after 3.30 and go through the pools because I think that middle of the park battle is going to be very, very interesting when you're talking about teams like Tonga and Samoa, um, ones that people sort of have as dark horses moving in. Um, we've got Brandon Smith coming on very, very shortly just before we get to him and take a break, Kempe. Um, when you look through the Kiwi squad um, that was named by Madge, uh, give me give me one or two players that you think are going to have a really big campaign and going to sort of, I guess... Um, showcase themselves on the international stage? Yeah, look, I think Joey Manu's going to step out here. You know, he's had a decent break too before the competition starts, so he's going to be fresh. He's going to be ready ready to go. The the, the stats for him in the, in the Tongan test were outstanding, so look to him with a big one. I think the bloke that's going to really step out here and show the world what he's got is Jerome Hughes at halfback. Mm. Like, watched a little glimpse of him against Leeds last week. He looked very good. He, you know, the, the, he looked like he suited those those tighter grounds, and he was really on on top of his game. Even though he's had a couple of weeks off, so for me, the two players that I'm looking to are Jerome Hughes and uh, Joey Manu. Do you think, um, just quickly before we get to that break, that um, some of those guys who played in the grand final, you know, James Fisher Harris, um, there's a few eels in there, uh, Dylan Brown, of course, and um, Nia Cora. Would they have any, I guess, hangover from the grand final, or do you think that they're past that now? They've had their celebrations, all their their sort of commiserations, and they've moved on now. They're 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 ready to get stuck into international rugby league, or what? Will it take them a game or two just to sort of, you know, find themselves? No, nah, the, 
see, Sammy, the, the difference between this and a club team, an NRL team, is that when you get into the Kiwis, there's a real brotherhood and a, and a want to be there and be a part of it. So they'll actually jump up another level. Having that experience, I think, is really key for us. So mm. the Dylan Browns, the, the likes of Fisher-Harris-Leota that have played in the grand final is actually a benefit because they're hardened and ready to go. For Madge, it's about when do you put them in. So I wouldn't actually play them in the first game. I'd give them another week off because they do need to freshen up. You know, and and it just so happens that those players, we've got plenty of players to cover those spots. You know, you've got Kieran Ford and they can slip in a six and you've got plenty of front rowers that can jump in for Leon and, and Fisher Harris. So, mm. um, nah, look, the Kiwis, once they're in camp, mate, it's, they'll go to a different level. The more time they spend together over the next five weeks, the better. Yeah, um, Madge talked about that um, a few weeks ago on the station, uh, the brotherhood that's in the Kiwis squad. It's um, palpable in his eyes, and I think it's going to play a big part in this World Cup. Um, we're going to take a short break. We've got Brandon Smith, uh, well, I should say former Melbourne Storm hooker. He's going to the Roosters next year, and, uh, and Kiwis hooker is going to jump on the line and have a chat with Kempe. We're going to do that. Yes, this weekend the World Cup kicks off, and the Kiwis will be chomping at the bit to get out there and get their campaign off to a solid start. Talking of solid, we're joined today by Waiheke's favourite son, Brandon Smith, to talk about the World Cup. Morena, Brandon, how you going up there, mate? Morena, bro, yeah, now going good. I wouldn't say Waiheke's um, favourite son, that's probably the Butch. <laughs> Second son, yeah, no, Butch would like that too, mate, for giving him a shout out. <laughs> mate, how's it going up there? The, the boys all settled in, you enjoying your, your time, uh, obviously, with that win against Leeds last week, looking good? Yeah, bro, the, the camp's been awesome so far. Um, everyone's pretty much blind straight into it. Um, our first session was solid. Madge has got his fingerprints all over us, um, you know, in the training uh, paddock. And uh, it's been it's been tough, real tough training. And um, it's exactly what all the boys needed. And um, everyone seems to be, you know, on the, on the same level. And um, everyone seems to be... Um, yeah, going really hard. How'd you all pull up after the hit out against Leeds? It looked uh, not like the toughest assignment for you, but everyone pull up okay? Uh, yeah, everyone pulled up sweet. Uh, I don't think there was any major injuries. Obviously, um, not playing uh, footy in a while, you get those bumps and bruises. But um, for the for the most part, everyone's all right. And um, it, it looked like an easy run, but Leeds played that weird style of footy, and uh, it was perfect for us to get that quick blowout. Yeah, no, that's right, mate. What about the squad that's been assembled, Brandon? You know, like you're you're in that that favoured position of yours of hooker. What do, what do you think of the boys that have been put around you, the, the squad on whole? Yeah, well, for me, um, no, I, I look at my forward pack and think, wow, you know, I've got like a forward pack that's probably I'd say the best in the comp, and um, yeah, it's just it's just a pleasure to, as a hooker to be able to have those sort of people around you, especially. Um, the old old heads and, and Jared and Jesse and um, then you got the young fellas coming through like Moses, Taps, um, James Fisher-Harris all at the top of their game at the moment and um, I'm just grateful that I'm, 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 I'm the hooker for that for that forward pack and then we've got the silk on the outside as well so um, looking forward to playing alongside them. Yeah mate, you're, you're, it's going to be a hard... Uh... I guess selection first up for Madge to pick his starting front row. Um, you know, got Fisher Harris there and Liotta, and like you said, the old heads and Jesse and Jared. What, what's your preference, mate? Do you like to probably start with the young fellas and the old boys to bring you home? What, do you have a preference or, or say in the selection of the front rows? I don't think I have a say in the selection, but 
Um, no, obviously, Jared's uh, always suspended, so he's, uh, he's he'll be sitting out the next few weeks. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think, it obviously, as Jesse is the captain, it'd be great to have him out there um, to start the game. And he's got that experience in the World Cup um, that's probably second to none. He's probably the, our most capped player at the moment, apart from um, Karen Foran. And um, that's what you need, I think, in these World Cups to, to get it started off. But, yeah, I'd, I'd have him and Jesse... Oh, him and um, James Bush Harris by my side, and then um, I think it's pretty undeniable with um, jo- Joseph Tarpany obviously winning uh, Prop of the Year. Mate, you've got an uh, awesome spine. You know, Jerome, Dylan, uh, obviously Joey Manu, if he goes back to fullback, we had a look at that at the Tongan game. How excited are you about getting back with those guys and playing a, playing a full tournament with them? Yeah, well, I'm pretty sick of Husey. I've had enough to do with Husey over a couple of years, but nah, it's gonna be um, <laughs> nah, it's gonna be good. We've got um, obviously Husey and and Bill Brown and um, playing good footy these fellas and um, Joey Manu. He does his thing out the back, so um, I'm I'm yeah, just super super excited for what's ahead and um, the potential we have, but. Um, I think a lot of people are saying, you know, this is the most talented Kiwis team they've seen in a long time. But um, I think um, our whole game plan or our whole mindset is is not to be the most talented, but to be the most successful Kiwis team um, we can be. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's about turning our opportunity that we have in front of us with all these great players. It's about turning that opportunity into into some success. So, um, hopefully we can do that and um, hopefully we can bring the World Cup back to Waiheke. Yeah, that would be nice, eh, mate? I think I took it over to Waiheke the last time it was down here when I was rolling it around the country in my boot. It was meant to go the, <laughs> it was meant to actually go into the police station every night, but I just slept with it for three weeks in, uh, in the back <laughs> of my car. So, hey, um, just talking about success, you know, is there much dis- discussion happening in camp or do you, do you think there there will be much camp about the 2008, uh, 2008 journey, the World Cup win that the Kiwi boys had in Australia? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Madge is um, he's very particular about respecting respecting the players that, that come before you and um, about bringing the heritage of the jersey um, into account when we go out there on the field. So we do a lot of, we do a lot of work and um, behind the scenes and a lot of video about that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm sure that the 2008 um, team will, will will be in the will be in the meetings a fair few times um, by the time we play our first game. But um, obviously, you saw Tommy Luluai played for us um, against Leeds, and I think that was a, a very special moment for myself. I think I was about eight when he debuted <laughs> for yeah. the Kiwis. So um, getting to play alongside someone that you you watched growing up, you watched wear the jersey with, with pride. Not many people played 40 games for the Kiwis. Um, so to be able to do that uh, was a very special moment for not only myself, um, but I'm sure all the young fellas coming through that looked up to Tommy and just how he went about his way in the black and white jersey. So it was a pretty nice touch by Madge, I thought, um, doing that. And obviously the other players like Dean, Dean Ux and that. Yeah, no, it was, it was beautiful. Tommy... Day Boone down here with the Warriors when I was coaching in 2003 and, and also played that 100 test out at North Harbour. To, to know his career over 20 years spans with a game finished with you blokes in the Kiwi jersey at the World Cup in 2022 is phenomenal. Mate, I want to ask you a question about Jared Warrior Hargraves because he's probably as old as Tommy. Um, 
Mate, he, he looks st- as old as Tommy, yeah, that's for sure. He, yeah, he's a hard case, isn't he? Hey, and what about his dance moves, mate? Have they got any better over the last 12 years? I think the last time I seen him dance at a test in 2010, he was breaking out some pretty bad moves. <laughs> Funny you say that, actually. I'm I room, I'm uh, Jared's roomie. I've been his roomie for the past four years. And uh, every morning he wakes up and does like a little dance. And I, you know, oh, I reckon it's pretty good, eh? I reckon he's um, been practicing for the last 12 years because <laughs> he, he's trying to teach me his moves. And um, the, room is, the room he can move sometimes or when he needs to. He's yeah. just got to stay away from the head highs and we'll be all right. <laughs> no, he's practicing for your first test in him. He wants to get back out there and own that <laughs> dance floor. Hey, mate, just um, on your on your personal journey, just a little bit about uh, Melbourne. You obviously, um, before we let you go, you, you had a wonderful career there at Melbourne, heading to Sydney City after the World Cup. You're looking forward to that as well? Yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the change in scenery, really. Um, and the opportunity to be able to um, play in in the hooker spot, my preferred position, and um, you know I've I've played a few years at, at Melbourne now, and um, it was very tough. Um, it was very tough to say goodbye to that club. Obviously, I owe them everything, all the success, all the Kiwis jerseys. They're all due to um, the success that I got playing for the Melbourne Storm and and the values and. Um, the skill and ability they turned, they gave me as a young footballer that sort of shot my career into the path that it's heading now. And um, but in particular, it was hard to to say goodbye to the the Bromwich boys. Um, they yeah. they kind of raised me and um, groomed me into the player I am, and they're the Kiwi boys that looked after me. And so I, with with Jesse and Jared and that, obviously, this is probably their last World Cup. So um, I'm trying to do everything I can off the field, uh, staying away from the drink, uh, doing the extras, losing that extra bit of weight to play hooker just to try to send these fellas off because um, mm-hmm. the Jared, Jared and Jesse, I've got a lot of time for them. They mean a lot to me. And um, yeah, this, this, this World Cup, I want to send them away. Um, they've done the black and white jersey so proud over so many years. And yeah, um, to get the World Cup, that's a, that's that's my whole goal is to send them away with a World Cup win. Totoko Kiakui, that's dead right, mate. Love, lovely words for both uh, the Bromwich brothers and and Jared, mate. Um, just before we let you go, have you got any messages back home here for your for your supporters? You got plenty of them here up in Tamaki. <laughs> uh, just support us through the journey. Don't turn your back on us and. Um, Get ready because we're coming. I oh, love it, love it. Thanks for joining us on Running It Straight today on SENZ. Brandon, uh, go well, mate. Say hi to Jared. Tell him I want him to break a move out, a new move at the uh, yeah. test center. I we'll can't, do, I can't wait to we'll hear it. We'll talk soon. Towards the World Cup starting this weekend, uh, we are chatting through uh, all the teams and the pools for the next um, wee half hour. But great catching up with uh, Brendan Smith here, Kempi, out of the UK. He sounds pretty, uh, you know, ready to go, fizzed up. Oh, he's happy. He's a, he's a, he's a larrikin too. He's got so much... Uh, It'd be a fun roommate. Uh, well, Jared Warrior-Hargreaves, like he said in the interview, you know, having, having him as a roommate, it would be hilarious. Jared Warrior-Hargreaves is one of the first blokes you'd pick in a team mm. just for culture because... He's very, very good at building teams, and to have Brandon rooming with him, I find it really 
you've got young ball, old ball. Mm. I think I think it's more around um, Jared making sure he keeps a cap on top of Brandon. Yeah, you know what 100%. I mean? So, yep. no, good to talk to him. And, and as, as he said, mate, he's, he's firing. He's ready to go. He's given up a you know the drink and and ready to ready to hit the ground running. Yeah, and I think if he puts the sort of passion that you see in that Melbourne Storm jersey into the Kiwis jersey, um, it's just going to get all of us up on our feet and uh, and cheering the boys on loud. So we're going to talk through each group um, hitting up until. Th- Four o'clock. Um, I think what we'll start with um, can be is Group B and Group C rather than Group A because Group B and Group C are going to meet um, on that side of the draw in the quarterfinals and the semifinals. So the way it works is the Group B winner plays the Group C runner-up, the Group C winner plays the Group B runner-up, and then the winners of those games play in the semifinals. So they're all going to meet at some point. Um, let's start with Group B. Um, this is Australia's pool. Um, so Australia, Fiji, Scotland, and Italy. Um, we already, we'll already we leave Australia till last because we already know everything about them. Maybe we just, just start with the two that people probably are writing off, which is Scotland and Italy. Do they offer anything at all, Kempe? Uh, look, a lot of the players in both the Scotland and Italy side are, are scattered throughout Australia. You know, you've got Ewan Aiken going up there from the Warriors playing in the Scottish side. and uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a mismatch when you're going up against sides like Australia, sides like New Zealand, but... You know they are building some strength in, in through those groups, uh, but I can't see them being a serious threat to either either one of those uh, those other two sides at the top. Fiji and Australia should be too strong to win f- um, win through on that one. Yeah, so Fiji to me, uh, we talk a lot about Samoa and Tonga. I mean, they may not challenge for a title, but man, when you look at their squad on paper, so they got Wonga Blake, Regan Campbell, Gillard, uh, Kamakamitha, the Viliami Kikau, Api Korosau. Um There's some big names. Tani Milne's found his way into this as is uh, Mar- Marcelo Montoya, um, the Saifidi brothers, uh, Mike Acevo, of course, is going to turn out for them. So they got a couple of big hitters in there, Kempe. Could they, I mean, they're probably going to finish second, but could they challenge Aussie, you reckon, or too, too big a task? Oh, well, they showed us in the last World Cup, they, they definitely can, can do it. They, they beat the Kiwis in the quarters. Um, and, of, of course, you know, it looks like this time around, if we win our group, that we could face, face Fiji in the first quarter. So, look, they've got... A very good forward pack. The Sim brothers, you know, you've got Kikau out there on the edge. Um, the Safidis that have played plenty of Origin. I just don't know when you got when you go to Curacao at hooker whether or not he's got the rest of the spine around him. Um, yeah, that that can just complement that forward pack. Yeah, but the Fijians, mate, they'll play an expressive type of type of game. And if you get the if they get their back up. You know, they'll, they'll be hard to stop. Yeah, and that's going to be the problem, I think, for for a lot of these teams that do have stars in the forward pack is getting that, particularly the halves. I mean, the, the Tonga and Samoa have always lacked, you know, world-class halves to carry that forward pack. So um, the good thing, I guess, for Fiji, Kempe, is that this is the first game um, this weekend for Fiji-Australia. So they could almost... Um, surprise them, you know what I mean? Different if Australia had a couple games under their belt, but you know they're going to be pretty fresh too, so I don't know potential upset on the cards, what about um, I mean Australia are by all measures the favourites for the competition, um, if you can just get past uh, the jersey numbers on the back, which gave me a migraine last <laughs> night trying to work it out, seeing Anno Gal wearing a number 9 jersey, but they've named their team for, for this weekend, I mean you, you talked about, I mean the back line's in, insane, the forward pack, it's littered with origin players, they've got, you know Nathan Cleary not on the team, I mean that's that says a lot about the depth they've got in their stocks, but yeah, what 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 for Australia do you think is going to be their biggest weakness or their the biggest concern for them? What do they have to watch out for? Oh, uh, I think you know you're dead right about the back line. I just think the forwards and how he gets that mix right coming off the bench. 
whether or not he's got the middle to carry him through in the big games is really the question for me. Um, does he start in the in the back row with Nanoi, you know, the 19-year-old at international level? It's a different game. You know, I know that he's played Queensland State, but I think at the at the top level coming through the semis, like, who does he go with? Does he go with recognised back rowers? Or does he... Um, or does he put kids in there? And and I, I like the like of Cotter in the side. I mm. think Cotter coming off the bench should be quite good for them. They've definitely got a decent spine. Where does Nathan Cleary fit in? Does he fit in there above uh, Cherry Evans, or does does he just sit on the on the out, outskirts waiting for um, his opportunity again? And because Mel's made made it clear that he wants to start with Daily Cherry Evans, so I think it's a um, a polarising view of how they select the side because it looks like Mel selected a Queensland side yeah. as opposed to New South Wales. And mm-hmm. I think that could actually work in the Kiwis' favourite because that could actually be detrimental to the Aussies actually going um, further on in the tournament. The other part of the Australian side too is that they've got a lot of very good individual players, but whether or not they can play as a team collectively yes. is the question. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, Kempi. Um, we're running out of time, so we've got to move on. So um, this weekend, Australia, Fiji uh, is on, and I think this might be in UK time, 15th of October, and then Scotland, Italy on the 16th. Of course, we're going to be doing running it straight throughout the World Cup, so we'll be talking about each game each weekend. So, uh, But that week, this weekend, those are the, uh, the Group B games, Australia, Fiji, Scotland, Italy. Uh, right, Group C... Um, we've got New Zealand, Lebanon, Jamaica and Ireland. Um, once again, Jamaica and Ireland, probably not going to be challenging for one and two, but uh, any anyone in those squads? Who's playing for Ireland? There's got to be a couple of NRL oh, Luke, boys Luke in there. Car- Luke Carey's in the, in the Irish side. You know, he'll be able to add something to them. Um, decent kicking game, maybe, but again, he just doesn't have the stock around him. Uh, to, to to damage that group, I think um, you know, it's really tough uh, to get out there over the first three rounds and try and get some wins up in a group such as the Kiwi group. So, you know, yep, a couple of sprink, a sprinkling of NRL players through there, but when you look at the other sides, mate, the Kiwi side especially, man, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, um, so the, the two obviously favourites in uh, Pool C are, are New Zealand and Lebanon. We've talked a lot about New Zealand, just quickly on Lebanon. Um, you know, they've got a sprinkling of NRL talent, particularly in the back line, Jacob Carraz, um, Josh Mansour, and then uh, Adam Dewey, Mitchell Moses in the halves. It's probably just going to be, I guess, the Ford pack who are basically a, a name of relatively unknowns, um, Kempe. So they'll probably make it through, but um, you'd think that, Quarterfinals is probably as far as Lebanon goes. Yeah, look, I think I think the good thing about uh, Lebanon with Mitchell Moses and Dooley, especially, they've got some some resemblance of a decent spine, and they just need the job done through their forward pack. And they and they've shown that they can play some pretty exciting football. So look to Mitchell Moses; he'll he'll create something. Um, I think they'll get the other two teams in that division, and should actually go through with New Zealand into that quarterfinal spot. So this weekend, Jamaica out of Group C, sorry, Jamaica Island um, and New Zealand Lebanon. Those are the two games this weekend. Like I said, we'll wrap all of that next Wednesday um, on running it straight. Um, so Group B and Group C, they're going to meet in the corner final. The Group B winner faces the Group C runner-up. The Group C winner places uh, faces the Group B runner-up, and the winner of that plays in the semi-final. So looking at that, Kempi, you're probably saying it's uh, Australia 1 in Group B and Fiji 2. Yeah, 100%. And, and then in Group C, New Zealand 1 and Lebanon 2. Yeah. So you'd have uh, New Zealand, Fiji, Australia, Leb- Lebanon in the quarterfinal. Yeah, uh, group and, and the only smoky in that one is Ireland. If they can get one over Lebanon, 
um, Ireland might sneak in above them. But I think Mitchell Moses and Dooley, that, that combination might get them home. Rightio. So uh, we will take a short break. Uh, when we come back, we will have a look at Group A and Group D. That uh, features Tonga, Samoa, Papua New Guinea and a whole bunch else. Uh, if you want to text through, you can text on double eight double three. Always love your feedback on the Temper Bed Post text machine. Uh, you're listening to Running It Straight. Thanks to Gull, fueling your mission all year round. We'll be back after this. Yeah, welcome back into Running It Straight. Uh, Rugby League World Cup is coming up this weekend. You can watch it all on Spark. And we've been chatting through uh, Group B and Group C, which is um, Australia and New Zealand's groups, as well as the quarterfinal, semifinal ramifications. But now um, we'll take a look at Group A and Group D. Now, these ones are very, very tasty, particularly Group A for me, Kempe, um, and maybe we'll start with them. Um, England, Samoa, France and Greece. Mm. Um, those are, are four teams that you can sort of see upsetting one another. Um, the, the bookies would probably have England and Samoa as the one and two. Um, let's start with uh, um, France and Greece. Can they offer anything to, to topple a, a Samoan in an England outfit? No, I don't think so. I, I think if you're looking at both the English and the, and the Samoan squads, they're too strong. Uh, France, you know, they do have the Catalan Dragons playing through the Super League competition, um, but they don't have enough players in that professional competition to actually make up the French side. So, uh, Greece are uh, basically making up the numbers. There's no one really in that side that's going to going to threaten the likes of English Samoan. If you look at the Samoan and the English side, you know if they don't finish one or two, I'll eat my hat. Hmm. Well, let's talk about um, Samoa, shall we? Um, because in my mind, I mean, a lot gets made of. Um the Tongan Rugby League uh, team for the World Cup. Um, but I've I've always maintained, Kempe, that um, it's the halves that let Tonga down. They, they don't have a world-class halves or even a spine to back up what is a, an amazing um, forward pack. I think Samoa does. Um, they've got um, Luai and Milford in the halves, which are two obviously very, very experienced halves. Um, and then the back line is basically the, the Penrith Panthers' back line. So yeah, I can see Samoa maybe even sort of doing one better than Tonga and, and sort of cementing themselves as a, as a third favourite behind New Zealand, Australia. Yeah, look, I've got my... I'm, I'm sort of reserved in, in the way that I think about Samoa. I just don't think they've hit the dizzy heights, even with the players that they have had in the past um, coming through. I know that they've said that they want to try and replicate what Tonga's done. They've got eight players through that side that played in the grand final, so they've got plenty of experience. You're dead right about the back line, the spine. You know, you're, you're taking in um, players all out of the NRL that can can do the job pretty well as opposed to Tonga missing probably a hooker and a halfback in their side. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they if they have a problem, it's matching Tonga's passion and the will that they, they want to actually get out there and make a significant difference to international football. So, mate, it's a real interesting one for me. I think in the in the round robin, Samoa are going to be hard to hard to beat. I think yeah. it's a, a, a good competition in there with England, but they should finish one or two, and then and then we'll see whether or not they've got the goods and whether they want to sharpen win this comp. Just some of the names in that uh, Samoa team, uh, Brian To'o, Isaac Targo, um, Tabuai Fido, Joseph Suali'i, who pleased himself to Samoa, uh, Junior Polo, uh, Josh Papali'i, I said Anthony Milford, Taylor May, Jerome Luai, Danny Levi, um, probably going to play that hooker role, Spencer Lenu, uh, Luciano Leilua, Oregon Kafusi, um, Chanel Harris-Tavita, the Warriors, Stephen Crichton, Josh Eli. It's, it's It is a very good team on paper, Kempi. What about... Um, what about England and what are they going to offer up? Because, of course, they made the World Cup final uh, back in 2017 against Australia. Um, 
I would say they're not as laden with NRL talent as they once were. Um, a lot of it more coming out of the Super League this time round. So what, I guess, are your expectations for, for England this World Cup? Well, it's having Sean Warne back at the uh, Sean Wayne back at the head coach's role and bringing, I guess, some experience because uh, he's been there and and represented England pretty well before in the 2017 World Cup. Um, it's a it's a different looking side for me, the English side. I've got a couple of players that uh, that have been left out through to injury or whatnot, and I think for England to be. I guess they'll be disappointed that they're not actually at full strength going into this uh, competition. But the the one advantage they have got going, Sam, is that they're on their home soil. They know the grounds really well. Mm. They know that they're going to get home home ground support. And they are very passionate when they're playing up there on home soil. Um, they'll be there or thereabouts come the big games, the semis. And I think uh, you know this competition for me has been mapped out for England to make the final. That's you know when you look at the when you look at the the draw the way that it's been set out they've really only got one one hard game through that final series to get to get into the grand final. Yeah. Okay. So you're thinking for Group uh, A, you're thinking England and Samoa one and two. Yeah. Is, I, th- I think it, well. I think what England want to do is finish one. Yeah. In that group. Yeah, I agree, because then uh, they'll face Group D, um, the final group, uh, which is Tonga, Papua New Guinea, Wales and Cook Islands. Once again, a very tasty prospect um, in store for Group D. And um, like Group B and C, uh, the winner of Group A will play the runner-up of Group D, and the winner of Group D will play the runner-up of Group A. So coming first in your pool does make a big difference. Um, Wales, Cook Islands and Group D, are they going to offer any any sort of trouble to PNG and Tonga? No, no. I don't look. I don't think so. The Cook Islands have a, a number of ex Kiwi players, Origin players. You know, Dylan Napper's been included in the side. Um, you've got the Masters boys in there, the Rona boys um, through the Cook Islands. Tony Uro coaching them. Uh, Brad Takarangi, who who played in the Kiwis just recently um, over the last couple of years. So there's a sprinkling of talent through there. But again, as we saw in that mid year game against Samoa, it was trying to trying to hang with the big boys. Mm. You know, um, so they'll, they'll be competitive, both both Wales and and the Cook Islands. But I don't see them getting through the group stage. All right, we've only got about a minute left, Kempi. So um, Tonga, Papua New Guinea. Um, you probably picked Tonga as the one, and Papua New Guinea as the two. What what are those two teams sort of got to get right? Well, Tonga just have to show up and show you the, the type of passion. They've beaten every number one team in, in the world. You know, they've beaten England, they've beaten Australia, they've beaten New Zealand. So I think they're the dark horse. They're the Smokies. They've got a very, very good side put together to, to, to challenge. Um, the rest are making up numbers. You know, Papua New Guinea, I think they'll be disappointed um, if they don't get a win under their belt. But I think I think they're in the hardest they're in the hardest um, side of the comp. Tonga, Papua New Guinea is the game uh, this weekend for Group D and Wales, Cook Islands. So those are those two. I didn't mention the Group A games. England plays Samoa, so that's a fantastic first up matchup. And then France play Greece uh, this weekend. Like I mentioned, uh, the winner of Group A plays a runner up of Group D. Uh, the runner up of Group D play. Uh, sorry, the winner of Group D plays a runner up of Group A. So you're probably thinking um, England Samoa one two in Group A. So England will play. Papua New Guinea and uh, Tonga will play Samoa. And it juicy. Oh, that's going to be a fantastic quarterfinal. Um, there you go. That That's our uh, our sort of pull run through and our predictions for the quarterfinals. We are doing running it straight every Wednesday throughout the World Cup, so we'll keep it updated as we go along. We'll take one more short break and we'll come back after that. Oh, it was a, uh, a busy old preview. Had to get through as much as we could. Um, just before we finish up, I'll give you the times for the games over the weekend. So the first game is England-Samoa. That's on Sunday morning at 2.20am. This is all on Spark Sport. 
Uh, and then we also have uh, Australia Fiji on Sunday morning at 7.20 as well. A uh, bunch of games on Monday morning. Scotland, Italy at 2.20 Monday morning. Jamaica, Ireland at 4.50. And then the Kiwis face Lebanon at 7.20. Monday morning, Tuesday game, 7.20, you've got France v Greece, and Wednesday, Tonga v Papua New Guinea, and then um, Thursday, you've got Wales v the Cook Islands. So those are the first bunch of games for the Rugby League World Cup, and uh, we're going to go through uh, each game as we go throughout the tournament. Running it straight will be on every Wednesday, um, so we'll keep our powder dry with who Kempi's got as the favourites for the semi and the final, um, but... Yeah, I can say that the bookies um, have it pretty much spot on, although Kempi, I know he's picking the Kiwis as well. He's just had to duck out because apparently he's got a dodgy knee and he's got to fix it up. Um, great to catch up with Brandon Smith today. If you didn't catch that interview, you can go get it on the podcast channels, um, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, check it out there. And uh, we'll try and get um, Kiwis either current or former on each Wednesday if we can to to look over the Kiwis games. But it's been a, uh, a great pleasure previewing the uh, Rugby League World Cup. We'll do it all again next Wednesday. Coming up after 4 o'clock, it is the run home. We've got Beeve and Manaya in the hot seat. Me and Kempi will be back for running it straight next Wednesday. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.